hey y'all how you doing welcome to our podcast let's talk don't make it weird you here with your favorite big sister izzy mo hey and your overachiever sis mel it's me <laughs> and of course your local hippie trade that's me now this podcast is all about the conversations that we don't talk about the conversations we're afraid mm-hmm. to talk about but we think about and the things that we struggle with. So after talking amongst ourselves for so long and growing just amongst ourselves, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, we figured we'd take it to the mic and invite you all to the table. So feel free to share with us, check our link out, and comment, like, share. Let's talk. Don't make it weird. Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. And today, today's topics is, well, topic is how did you create the massive overthinking monster? Mm. Who wants to take a go first? Who's our lead overthinker? (laughs) (laughs) Would that be Trey? (laughs) Hell (laughs) no. I got a committee over here, so what do y'all need? What do you want to know? What do you, I, mean, I, I got the OT committee over here. I got the, well, um, when did you realize that you overthink things a lot? I didn't realize it yet. <laughs> See how they do me? Um, I'm, That's a good question. Um, do I realize it? Yes. When? I would think maybe in college. Why are you looking like that, Trey? I'm thinking that long? Yeah. What do you mean that long? You've been been thinking long before that. You asked me when. So that's when you realized that that's when you were overthinking? Um, No, don't make me. No, what what made you realize (laughs) it? What was it? (laughs) What made you realize that you were overthinking? It's probably been all along throughout my life. I realized it, but didn't realize I was realizing it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. But I think in college is when I got when it started to affect the behavior. Does that make sense? You're looking confused, Dre. What behavior? Um, An assignment, for example. Okay. Got to write a paper. Mm-hmm. It's just a paragraph. Um, but it take me four days to write the paragraph. Mm. And then once I settle, settle the people down in my head, the committee sit down, take a recess, I can write the paragraph. Mm-hmm. So I think just all my life I've over... I've done it. Mm. But y'all not about to gang up on me today about this over. You right, you right, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> I I realized that I know what triggers my overthinking mm-hmm. is when I believe I'm being criticized. Mm. I didn't take that well for many years. I had to learn how to take I had to start listening to words more than assigning my connotation to words. Right. Like one time in a group of people, so a supervisor called me incompetent and I was so offended because all I could think about was the negative connotations associated with that word. But really, I was not competent. I wasn't very well versed in what I was asked to do when I was asked to do it last minute to fill in for someone else. Okay, but slow down because you know the backstory mm-hmm. and maybe maybe the listeners don't know the story. Well, of course they don't know the story. But you were told what what happened, what transpired. 
I was told to give a brief because mm -hmm. someone else was out. I don't. They had another commitment at the last minute. They had to mm -hmm. drop, and I end up doing it. And I thought I had. I had a baseline knowledge about it, mm -hmm. but um, the boss was starting to ask pretty intricate questions, details about it, to which I bullshitted my way through, to be honest. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, he was like, you, you know, you're incompetent. Like, get somebody else up here. And that probably wasn't a way to handle it, but I it took me weeks to get over it. And then I, that's when I started becoming you know, a walking thesaurus. Mm -hmm. And actually looking at the words, why was I so insulted by it? But when I started looking up the definitions of words, mm -hmm. then I started to take criticism a little better. But even as a kid, my family will t say that I'm sensitive. Um, but I think they're abrasive. Um, but <laughs> that critical piece triggers my overthinking because now it's like, my strategy is to make sure I know it all. Then here comes perfectionist showing up, another incestuous relationship. Mm -hmm. And so... So you admit to being... A perfectionist, okay. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, not an overachiever, but a perfectionist. Um, but I think that's when my overthinking comes into play is when I think I have to... When I'm being criticized. Or I don't want to be criticized. So or you I'm think okay. you're being criticized. Because it may not necessarily be criticism. It may just be them pointing out something to you. Well, now it's flipped. Mm -hmm. I overthink in preparation. Right, gotcha. Because I don't want that response. Mm. And then a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. And half the time, I don't even need 75% of the stuff that I <laughs> exactly. overthink. Well, you the, mentioned something that I think is very important, and that is the uh, the definition of words mm -hmm. and knowing the meaning of it. Because somebody that mentioned, like your boss would say, you know, you're incompetent. That can be that very isolated thing that he's he is refer he or she is referring to this particular task at hand. Mm -hmm. You're incompetent here. Is it true in that particular scenario? Yeah, mm -hmm. I am incompetent. <clears throat> But then I take it on as a part of my identity now. Yes. As mm -hmm. I am incompetent. So it become right. a part of my identity. Um, and that that's something that can kind of be that uh, that rotating clock in my head. Mm -hmm. You know, this right. reoccurring event in everything that I do, mm -hmm. if I don't believe I have. And I could know just about everything in it. But yeah, so I think it's the distinction of... Um, recognizing this pertains to this particular situation mm -hmm. and not my entire life mm -hmm. that's hard to do right yeah mm -hmm. it's very important and I, I disliked him for the rest of my time and he mm -hmm. ended up apologizing to me sometime later because he felt the difference because we worked so closely together and so um but I, that's true I, I assigned it to myself and mm -hmm. even though he didn't, he was talking about that particular yeah. mm -hmm. instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about for you, Dre? Um, I don't think, I think it took me a long time to even uh, acknowledge that there are things that I overthink. Mm -hmm. And overthinking for me is, um, it's not a bunch of, I don't, I don't feel like it's a bunch of voices in my head. I feel like it's, uh, it may be goals that I set 
or intentions that I have mm-hmm. or um, things that never make it to paper, mm-hmm. really. Um, so not necessarily that I am uh, overthinking a situation in the sense of, well, I have to do this and what ifs and what ifs and all these impossible things that could possibly happen, mm-hmm. but really setting these goals and becoming overwhelmed by the lack of action. Mm-hmm. I can see that in you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if we take it a step further and you talk about the different relationships, because for you as the boss, what about in your intimate relationships? Mm. The committee be jumping on you. <laughs> <laughs> I... I probably should overthink in my relationship and not get married in two weeks. (laughs) But so I'm not the person to really address that intimate partnership. Two whole weeks, okay. Okay. So 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 we can acknowledge that we have this experience, regardless Mm -hmm. of when we become aware of it. Mm -hmm. Where do you think we get it from? Where do you think you guys get it from? I think my experiences, life experiences as you know, um, Growing up in Greenwood, South Carolina, in the projects, you had to be ready, you know, it, it to pop off when they <laughs> pop off. They get on that school bus, and that might be where his mouth came from. <laughs> Route 23, that bus ride, you had to be ready. Or, speak for myself, I had to be ready. Because they were going to get, you know, they joked you, or they joned on you, and, you know, you, I had to be ready. So, I'm... It maybe have started then that I'm saying it out loud. You know, I sit on the back of the bus where he going to say, he say this, I'm going to say this. He say that, I'm going to say this. And my committee was working because I went going off the bus without cutting somebody too short to poop. Mm. So maybe that's where mine started. And then you had to take that long walk to the front of the bus. And he's like, oh, God, please don't let nobody say anything. But you got to be, I mean, it had to come quick because if you didn't come quick, they was like, oh, you know, you know how it goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was, wow. it be where mine started. No. Mm-hmm. How about you, Mel? I think it, it may be a subconscious sense of inadequacy. Mm. Um, I remember as a, a little girl, I think I mentioned this here before, how my grandmother used to, try to tell well you not try very clearly told us make sure we're going across the tracks which means we're going to a predominantly white town so mm-hmm. you you have to dress the part mm-hmm. and so i know of course i didn't know it then but it's just like someone's always judging mm-hmm. someone's always critical mm-hmm. so i need to figure out in my head how to not how to think for other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 Tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Just wear you out. But that's, mm-hmm. that. I mean, that's true. And, and that's how it was. Even as being a teenage mom for me was my kids had, you know, they, you're going to keep your nose clean. You're going to do, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good point that you're making. Um, you got to sit up. You're going to enunciate. You, you know, all mm-hmm. those things um, just so that it wouldn't be. She's a teenage mom. She's probably on welfare. The preconceived notions in my head. Yeah. <clears throat> what I thought people thought of me being a teenage mother. So I, um, that make a whole lot of sense now. Do you guys think that um, from the from the black community, um, I would say years ago, and there's a thing within the community that really, that I've heard as well. It's like, you have to be one step ahead. You have to be... 
uh, two times as good to be just as equal um, kind of notion. Do you think with that mentality or with those sayings, I don't know if you guys grew up hearing it, having mm -hmm. to be, you know, having to work twice as hard to be considered that you're working just as hard mm -hmm. or, or equal mm -hmm. or study twice as much just so you can, you know, get a foot in the door um, to where somebody else because of, you know, where they, their background, they may not have had to work as hard. They, they didn't have to apply as much as, as you did to prove yourself, kind of having to prove yourself, kind of having to earn your way. Um, do you think kind of having that mentality um, of kind of puts you in a position of having to think one step ahead of, um, of where you're going, the times you're going there, uh, presentation, some of what you guys talked about, do you think that have anything to do with, with um, overthinking for you guys? For me, no. Because no. my mom, her only thing was, you was going to go to school. She didn't say you, you know, it never rang in the house like, you got to be smarter or you got to be this. All you had to do was get your black behind up and go to school. And if I went to school, she was fine. So it wasn't, for me, I never had that thing in the back of my head that okay. one step or you have to do this or you, no. I want to be clear that this is my experience. I don't want to generalize for black people or mm -hmm. African-American experience because everybody's had their own experience. But growing up with a grandmother who was born in the 30s and raised in the 40s, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of that. You got to work harder. You got to do. But at some point in my maturity, I had to realize I was brought up in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So the same things don't apply. Right. But was it in my mind? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, did I believe that for a time? Yes. Do I still believe that in circum cer certain circumstances? Yes. But I've reframed my thinking because mm -hmm. if I'm constantly worried about what somebody else is thinking, even if they are uh, wanting to create a situation that's harder for me, that's really too much of my energy that mm -hmm. I could be focused on bettering myself. And I, I, I quite often say that my thinking has not been my only adversary. Even mm -hmm. if someone is you know, prejudice or somebody is sexist or somebody is ignorant in whatever regard. Mm -hmm. If I focus my attention on that, right. then I'm lacking. I'm taking away from me. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm punishing me. I'm punishing myself for what I think about them. And I don't even really know. Mm -hmm. Right. Or understand their experiences. So the answer to the question is, yes, I've heard it. Yes, I've adopted it. But as I matured, I mm -hmm. realized that that type of energy wasn't mm -hmm. beneficial in my setting, especially a military setting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about for you, Trey, coming from a whole nother country? How was that for you? Were you, I mean, like, what were some of your experiences? You in America, I don't know, you were what, 19 when you got here? 18. 18. Yeah, um, I think <laughs> New York definitely, um, it was a culture shock in general for me moving here. Mm -hmm. But being that I moved to New York, one of the fastest towns, um, I mean, cities here in the US, um, I quickly had to, I thought I moved a lot slower than things, than the, the pace here. So for me, I had to adjust and I found myself doing everything a lot faster and thinking about um, having to think one step ahead, which I don't think that was something that I, that. I recognize that I did before, but I would say definitely 
moving to New York, um, I found myself having to think, well, should I, looking at that person, kind of assessing the situation, the neighborhood, because I was really learning everything. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot. And I definitely felt um, overwhelmed mm -hmm. and not knowing how to navigate that quick, mm -hmm. that very quick change. Um, that's, that's partially how I ended up in the military, mm -hmm. which was another culture shock. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was mm -hmm. a lot of adjustments and just... Um, first couple of years of me coming here. Mm -hmm. But do y'all think for the most part that overthinking is fortune telling? Hmm. Is it? Because to me, the whole premise is I'm thinking for somebody else because I don't want them to think this. I got to overthink to compensate for what somebody else might be thinking about me. I think that part, yeah. But I don't know if I would really... Um... If I would call it also fortune telling. Mm. Um, well, what about future telling? Because he gonna say this, and then I'm gonna say this. So I was thinking of, if he says this, and I'm gonna say that. I was thinking the same thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so is that fortune telling or future telling? I don't know. What's the difference? I think fortune telling is just telling someone's future. Okay. It doesn't have to be fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> It could be unfortunate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I have conversations. Like, if I'm going to have a conversation, I have a conversation before I have the conversation. So too. much so that I may not have the conversation because I had the conversation. Right. Does that make sense? It's not worth it. Does. You're looking confused. No, I'm looking at you like that makes a lot of sense. Yes. For, I her. Have the for her. Yeah. Yes. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> when I do, I have conversations before I have conversations. And then. Because of my conversations and the results from my conversation, it sometimes cripples me mm -hmm. from having the necessary conversation. Mm -hmm. And then I just continue with my own conversation. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> but, if, but as you're wiser, this brings up a good point. Mm -hmm. What have you done to sort of combat that? Well, I'll know what you do. I paid a lot of money for therapy. <laughs> 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 I mean, I paid a lot of money for therapy. I had a lot of sweet reds. I had, um, but you know, I think the biggest thing is slowing down. It's mm -hmm. for me slowing down, riding a bike. Um, it's so hot, right? Outside, the weather's so hot, I can't ride like I want to. So every morning, I make sure I take at least a mile walk. That kind of burns off some of the energy. Because I promise you, it happens so fast. Like, mm hmm. And I'm thinking, like, how did I go away? Like, you can be standing in front of me to having a whole conversation, and I'm 15 years ahead of you. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'll be seeing it. I just mm -hmm. stop talking. <laughs> I, you know, I can't. I have to interject. Well, hold on. So much so that Isabel has to tell me when she's transitioning topics during the course of our conversation. Transition. I just can't keep up. Nor am I going to pretend or overthink it. So. I just need you to slow down. <laughs> just slow it down. Yes. Uh -huh. But I think what, what I was looking for, what I was prompting was... What were you prompting? The importance of truth tellers in our in our lives. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, that's and true. Like, I know I go to you and Trey all the time about things that I would never do. Not that own. I always ask for the truth. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I always ask for the... Because, you know, sometimes I just want to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't slow it down. Right. Don't let this train rest. Just let me get it out. Yes. It's too. It's taking up too much space in my mm -hmm. head. Yeah. 
Yes. Which that needs to be made clear prior to the conversation. Side note. So what you want out of the conversation. But I think having a truth teller or truth tellers in your life are people mm-hmm. that's like, why wouldn't you do it? Right? Because as my overthinking is, why would I ever do this? Why would I ever try this? But then truth tellers in my life are like, well, why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the evidence to support your ridiculous overthinking that's trey's favorite word i was like trey not today you're not trey. <laughs> everything doesn't have to be deep trey everything um, well you know it's about um but when you wanted to be deep like the cat story we'll get back to that <laughs> she has nothing <laughs> but i think i think that's the thing like the truth telling it is so important like just get real and i know for the last well, has it been two, almost two years we've been riding together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm we grateful. We need a friend anniversary. Friend anniversary, <laughs> right. Friend anniversary. And you guys been with me through some really, really dark days in my life. So, and even through those dark days, them heifers <laughs> <laughs> were still truth tellers. Like, I don't want to hear this today. Let me just be in this moment. But, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because... It has afforded me an opportunity to grow and in ways I've not even thought I could, you know, because I'm quick to say, I don't know. Or, you know, I ask people things that I know. I was even once asked, why do you ask questions you know the answer to? Because I didn't trust myself. That's mm-hmm. the part of mm-hmm. the overthinking, yeah. you know. So I'm learning. Mm-hmm. That is I'm, a good one. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> let it go. I'm see I'm having it. See, it's in my head right now because I ain't want to hear from that person. But anyway, I digress. I'm back. But yeah, I think that's the thing. That's the biggest thing. Um, even when it hurts, being truth tellers, because you know sometimes, like Mel, I ain't want to hear that today. Or Trey, I didn't want to hear that today. It didn't stop you guys from being truth tellers. So. Yeah. I think that's the biggest. Might have changed the delivery. I I remember when Trey, <laughs> you were going through it. I mean, your hair was extra dry. Your lips was dry. Wait, my hair? No, oh hers. It, it, it was when I she was going through uh-oh. everything as she was being a faithful and loyal wife. You know, in some dark days, and we were like, "What is the energy in here? It feels like we're president." Me and you, we just went let out. We're like, "Dang, y'all, how so compassionate." She couldn't even put her scarf on. You know? <laughs> but I, was <laughs> yes. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Remember that day we were downstairs? Right. No, we were sitting in the bar. We were in the, in the oh, kitchen at the bar. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking, like, energy in here. Do you not know what I'm going through right now? You know, wanting to to what? What's you were succumbing to it. Right, I really was. Yeah. And, and then the next day, you you snapped like, me out of it. You did. You yeah. opened. I remember you saying, "I opened up the windows," and you were like, "I'm yeah. going to Lidl or uh, one of them <laughs> stores." She like whatever. And and you got out of the house, but I mean, at yeah. first I'm like, but it was so strong we couldn't yeah. keep it inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think the thing with having truth tellers around is the fact that you can feel the love, mm-hmm. and yeah. so whatever it doesn't matter what they say, it. It it means I may be uncomfortable mm-hmm. with hearing this. I may not want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I may feel like middle finger up right now, mm-hmm. but my heart chakra is still open. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still receiving it. I'm not. At least that's how I feel with y'all. Mm-hmm. You know. And you know, that's I think important. the biggest thing that Trey, 
somebody always says, is it true? Yeah. You know, when you hear something, when it hits your soul, is it true? And if it's true, what do you do with it? Make a decision. Right, because yeah. I have a choice. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So as we're talking about overthinking and it just mm -hmm. led us down this road, mm -hmm. do you guys think it's it's an addiction? Yeah. <laughs> Don't, I got enough to work on. <laughs> I'm not even... I didn't mean to be so strong. I didn't realize that, that strength came up out of my throat chakra. <laughs> and the crystal went on, right? But I think... Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm, I, ain't yet. I, I think yeah. it's a false sense of security. Like, if I overthink this, I'm going to be more prepared yeah. for my interaction. Is it a defense mechanism or is it addiction? Oh, both. Can it be both? Can because it, be? It, it, it may have started off, thinking about your your example on the bus, it started off as a, as a kid, I would think they're operating from a survival place, a place of survival, yes. right? Mm -hmm. So this is how I survive. You develop the skill that was necessary for you mm -hmm. to survive. Mm -hmm. But you've been doing that skill for so long, it became a habit. Mm -hmm. Now, without the awareness and without the conscious, without the conscious awareness, mm -hmm. it has flown into all, the, all other aspects of my life as a habit of what I do. Mm -hmm. And the situation oh, has sure. changed. Agreed. You know? Concur. I mean, you just had the perfect example, but so now that forces it into, if I do this habit long enough, the habit begins to control me and I no longer control it. Right. And then it becomes addiction. Yeah. Cause the core of addiction is coping mechanisms, as you said, <sighs> running these Say that again, say it louder. Cause you the know, core of addiction is self-medicating <laughs> coping mechanisms. Mm. Okay, so it's you know I gotta blame somebody. Oh, okay, it's Route Twenty. Blame somebody X though. Not nobody current. <laughs> <laughs> it's Route Twenty Three back in Greenwood. Yes. Okay. All right. So then that brings me to the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if we recognize it as okay, damn, I was doing that from that survival place, moving into a habit, moving into doing done this habit for so long, I mm -hmm. no longer control it. It controls me. Now what? Now, oh God, that's the. Big it's thing. a false sense of control. It's, I'm sorry, yes. I blurted that out. I mean, I you know, you didn't blurt it out, and you wasn't sorry, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, okay, but um, now what? Yeah, now what? Now what? Like, what? What do I do with that? Because if I if I'm an alcoholic, I could go to rehab. Mm -hmm. I could go to NA meetings, AA meetings. Mm -hmm. If I'm a sex addict, I could go to you know sex addict meetings, whatever mm -hmm. the case might be. I could get therapy for. What do I do with that? I think it's an impulsive behavior. So I think um, being in tune, meditating, um, truth tellers, um, and you can even use the AA information, you know, because you can even use the AA information because it's, it's saying that you just change it from drinking to overthinking you know, mm -hmm. or from marijuana to whatever it is, you can just, I can use this, the same steps okay, to combat this, you know, as a tool. Well, I mean, first having the recognition, which oh, it seems well, most well, people have the recognition that I'm an overthinker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once you, and then it goes to what you said, I have a decision to make. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, the thing is saying that I'm an overthinker doesn't sound harmful. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It does not. But when you're working on that mess, ooh, 
it's kind of like a lie by omission with overthinking. What right? do you mean? So I lied to my boss one time. Okay, I admit it. <laughs> um, I, well, I didn't lie. I didn't tell him something that I thought he should he would want to know because I didn't want his reaction. And he came to me and said, "What is the definition of lie?" I was like, "Not telling the truth." He's like, "No, it's the intent to deceive." So with that in mind, mm -hmm. I think with overthinking we tell ourselves it's not harmful because I'm protecting, I'm being, I'm preparing. But in reality, it's the omission part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I missing out on? Oh, I'm not going to do this because I think this person might not like me or they're not going to be. It's a really an exercise in judging somebody else and thinking what they're thinking about you mm -hmm. or a situation. I think you also have, since we've established that it comes from, you know, a behavior, right? It's a behavior mm -hmm. and it becomes a pattern. You kind of have to ask one of my favorite questions is what is it serving you? Right. It protects this little old bitty girl in here. Yes. Right. For me, you know. Um, but it's a lie. She asked me a question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie, I, I just felt attacked. <laughs> I repeat, I felt attacked. <laughs> But I think for me, it was protecting oh, in my sure. mind that the behavior it was serving. Oh, don't hurt the little yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. But the little girl will rip you apart. She, yes. will, you know, she. So then the then it, the factual part come into it because um, now there there might still be a protecting of that little girl. Mm -hmm. However, for whoever, whatever you recognize it, because I don't think a lot of people are able to um, trace back just how you did and you're able to mm -hmm. identify where you might have picked up this behavior from therapy, or whatnot. A lot of money for therapy. So I think it would be, it's necessary to kind of ask those questions. If you're able to trace it back, great. If not, um, call on the truth tellers in your group, in your circle. Mm -hmm. If you can't do that, ask yourself, what is the behavior serving you? Cause it'll start to lead you down the path that may right. help you to, to, mm -hmm. to bring some, shine some light on those mm -hmm. dark areas. But you know, as human beings, we really don't do the do the, engage in things that behaviors that doesn't serve us. Absolutely. So if I'm still doing it now, it's right. serving me, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. I believe it's serving me. I believe that it's serving me. Yes. So I've told myself that narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, wow. The overthinking monster. We've established that we all have one. It looks differently. And, um... It might have grown from age six or eight or whatever you are to now 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 20s, how old you are now. So examine that for yourself and, um, you know, um, maybe even get a journal, my overthinking journals and write it out. Mm -hmm. So instead of having these thoughts just perpetuating, you know, um, in your head, start writing them out. I find that when I write out some things, um, Sometimes it just looks ridiculous when it's on paper. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it just looks like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. So um, I'll be interesting in, in, interested in hearing mm -hmm. um, what that experience is like for you guys, listeners. You guys got anything else to close out? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> just not going to overthink it. I'm going to go with the flow, train. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so guys, I'm going to leave you with a little tip here. If you say you're not going to do something, replace it with what you are going to do. I've learned that. All right. Cause then you leave room for other things. Mm -hmm. All right. Peace out. <laughs>